Welcome to the podcast with a purpose with information and content meant to motivate, aspire and inspire you from romance author and host Chamira E. Fleming, but you can call her my welcome to an experience. This is the Purple Charm Experience. What's up, what's up, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Purple Charm Experience. I am your host. You know who I am, Chamara E. Fleming, but you can call me Mai. Today, I have a fantastic episode set up for you. I am going to kick it off with my quote of the day. You guys know I love to give something that is encouraging a quote that is motivational, something that is aspirational and inspirational to us all. And today, my quote comes from Stephanie Lahart, author and motivational speaker. And the quote states, encourage yourself, believe in yourself and love yourself. Never doubt who you are. I chose this quote because, you know, I feel like we're in a trying time right now. Everyone is going through something. You know, there's not one person that is dealing with, you know, has the luxury of not having to go through anything. I saw, I apologize for that, that long pause because I was just thinking, you know, we've lost people, we're losing people. Um, our political system is in a is in turmoil, it's under attack, our democracy is under attack. And I just feel like we are in some really, really trying times and so much so that we need to cling to who we are because it's so easy to forget that um we are who we are and um to put forth the best of who we are and you know, even if we're going through to continue to, you know, look ourselves in the mirror and be encouraged, you know, have a belief system that is strong and faithful and to continue to love ourselves because we can't love anyone else if we can't love ourselves first. And so I just wanted to give you that, that quote today, because I think it's a great reminder of the things that we need to stay true to and cling to in times such as this. Also, um, I'm going to share uh, that I don't have a, you know, a wine or a spirit or cocktail for today's My Sip of the Week because I want us to be in in a clear frame of mind. So I'm going to ask you, Um, to please grab yourself a cup of coffee, a nice cup of tea, um, because the discussion that I'm going to have with the uh, author for the Ask the Author segment that's coming up next, I want you to be in the best frame of mind so that you can receive the message that this woman brings to us all. And so without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the author of the week, which is um, my special guest, um, 
for the Ask the Author segment. And before I go, this week's Song of the Week, Prince Song of the Week, is dedicated to her. Um, and it is Nothing Compares to You featuring Rosa Gaines by the incomparable, the iconic Prince. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Purple Charm Experience Podcast, where I am your host, Shamira E. Fleming, but you can call me mine. Today, I have a wonderful special guest with me. She is a celebrated author and literary activist um, with a degree in politics and economics, and she's very passionate about social issues, health, ecology, and the environment. She has, has a uh, she favors uh, ethnic fiction over nonfiction. She writes novels and short stories and a version of flash fiction that she calls quick fit. And her, her children's books have earned her acclaim and her young adult series is very well received. Everyone, I would like to welcome to the Purple Charm Experience podcast, JC Moore. Hi, JC. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on your show. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> so, uh, as we like to, as I like to kick it off, um, one of the things um, that I, you know, try to promote on the podcast and through my writing is what uh, it's kind of a, a double meaning of my name, my. Um, which means motivate, aspire, inspire. So everything that I do, I try to do something that motivates at least one person to aspire to their greatness and inspire someone, if not many along the way. And I just love what you're doing with your writing because I feel like it embodies everything that I stand for and what my brand stand for in terms of what my is. So if you don't mind, please share with my listening audience a little bit about yourself, a little bit more about yourself and, you know, what writing means to you. Thank you so much, Maya. For me, writing is just an extension of everything I do. It's not so much something that's over there. Mm -hmm. I don't always get to do it in a literally a literal sense of writing, putting pen or fingers to the keyboard yeah. because of what's happened in the world right now where we think we're post-pandemic, but I don't really feel that we're at that point. How it's changed everything in terms of your day-to-day workings. But I write all the time. I'm writing in my mind. I'm continually writing a story, looking at things and figuring out what does that mean? There's meaning to everything. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What would that look like in a story? How can I translate this tragedy or this triumph into something that's consumable for others? Right. So I'm constantly writing. I'm working right now on getting my work out the door. Mm-hmm. That I find hard because I, when I'm done with it, the minutia of the edits, yeah. the corrections and things like that seem to bog me down mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because there's something new calling my name, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in that than the mm-hmm. minutia of 
conclusions. So the, the Light Bear in the Darkness series is the first installment is finished. The editor did the edits. She kicked it back. Uh -huh. some of the changes and I've become stagnated. It's just mm. hard to get it back out, which I will do soon. But I started on a new project, right? Oh, wow. What's the new project about? New project called, it, it, it's, it's called Lady. And it's based on a picture that I saw of a child with arm cut off. Oh, wow. And it was had to do with slavery and subjugation and things of that nature. And you look at this as the King Leopold Ghost, that book that talked about it, how they were going around. How do you have a basket full of people's hands? Mm -hmm. And so it makes you think about what does that look like for the ancestors of these people? And what does it look like for the ancestors of the victimizers, the victims we know, the victimizers. Right. So I started a story and we have a lot of gentrification going on here in Metro Atlanta. And I said, well, what if we tormented, right? Someone who's moving into a house that had been owned by a black person. And what if you have inside of a wall, mm. this dog, this little brown doll that becomes somewhat animated and torments the, the, the Caucasian person in the story who's feeling like, I didn't do it. Right, I right. Anyone's hand, but they don't realize that they are still part of that. Well, the lineage, they're part of the lineage of that, that, that hardship, that hard time, that, that pain you know, regardless of whether or not they had anything to do with it, it's, a, it's part of their past. Wow. Exactly. And Dr. Dr. Joy DeGruy, I think she's married again, so I always say Dr. Joy DeGruy Leary, but that's no longer her surname. But Dr. Joy, the post-traumatic slave syndrome, Dr. Joy, she had demonstrated in one of her talks that you could buy the book Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome that trauma like that comes through the bloodline. Mm. And the experiment was where you have, let's say, a mouse or a rat. Then if you give it a scent, it will start to quiver without the shock. Okay, that's conditioning. That's kind of expected. The children of these lab animals, you give them a scent, no shock, and they still quiver. Post-traumatic slave syndrome. So we have not just the slavery, but the post-slavery to the right now slavery. So when we look at some of our brothers and sisters and we say, why are they doing this? Why can't they get it together? Well, let's look at this line. You see, so now that there's a pandemic and that everyone is supposedly, you know, in a syndrome and everyone's on mental health watch, they've come out with research that talks about it. They're not talking about it the same way Dr. Joy did. Because mm -hmm. she was saying, hey, you putting all the stress on black people. 
And, and now look, so they're saying, oh, you know, there's post-traumatic stress syndrome and we're all under all this stress. So what are we under? Because we're under our regular right. black people stress. Right. And on top of it, the COVID stress. Right, right. So, so my story, Lady Doll, well, that's the working title, is showing that, hey, it's in your bloodline too. You are a tormentor. Wow. You are a tormentor, right? Because who thinks, because you could say, hey, cut off someone's hand. Mm-hmm. But or or you know they used to also cut off the scalp of the native people in this country. Right. You could say that, but you know how gruesome that is to actually do that. How you're doing that, not just once, but over and over again. So, you know, so that's that's why I'm writing that. Wow, that's that's powerful. Um, how do you navigate the emotional connection to? Uh, to a story like that because I would imagine I would imagine that writing a story like that for me I would think that it would take a lot of you emotionally to think about the fact of how the impact of telling that story from such a um you know, you have to be in a vulnerable place because you're telling it from the victim's perspective and you're telling it from the ancestors all the way up, like how do you maintain your your emotional peace and being able to tell it, keep it straight so you can tell it without, you know, falling apart. Yeah. Yes. 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 Well, for this particular story, the Lady Doll story, I'm not really telling it from the perspective of the victim. Mm. I'm from the perspective of the victimizer. You know. Oh, so I just okay. keep it in that I used to write. I use Scribd and I'm not sure if you use that. Yes, but, I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. Another another connection. Mm-hmm. I, I keep pictures. You know, you can put pictures in. So I have a picture of that child without the hand and arm of the little doll and those things there to keep me angry. Mm. So that when, wow. I'm, when I'm harming him, when I'm doing things to him, I'm saying, I don't feel sorry for you. Look at this. Right, right. Yeah. You know, this is before prosthesis that you could put on the child's hand and arm. How are you supposed to do anything? Right, right, right. You know, so I have another, it's, a, it's another theme that I've used in another, another story, which is a screenplay story. Again, mm-hmm. I think we, we focus on the victim and it's, that's easy to me. That's low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Easy to see the harm. Right. That's easy. But what about the person who's harming you? What's right. going on in their head? Right. You know, what's going on? I mean, you know, you can see that. And how is it, how are you able to, because I know for me, like, you have to get into the mindset of the person that's doing the victimizing. And you have to, like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, even like when I'm writing, because I write romance, like, Sometimes I like in the first book I wrote from the perspective of both of the characters, the male and the female. And you know, I don't want to say that I'm a you know, I think I'm a man, but you know, but getting in the mind and the psyche of that person and thinking as if you are that person, you know, can take you to a place. 
do you find that you have to go like because you have the doll you have to go to a dark place to be able to write something so powerful well for me i think i try to be logical like what would they do based mm -hmm. on what because i can never know even even when you stay within your own gender right and age group you don't really ever understand people's actions that's you're true always, that's you're true. always kind of saying i think you're doing this because you're hurt mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think you're doing this because you're hungry or because you're greedy but why is someone greedy right why do you eat more than what you need why do you is it necessary for you to have the whole pie mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and keep others from having any pie right why is it when you already have more money than you could possibly use in your lifetime, the lifetime of your children and any other children you could think of beyond that, is it still necessary for you to keep your heel on the neck of the Africans, of the Central and South Americans, of the Native Americans? Why is that necessary? Right, right. For you to come in and remove all of these people from the land, but mm -hmm. you, with the land that you're not even going to use yet. So you can never get into that mindset because it's not your mind. Right, right. But you you can find people who've done it and see how they were able to both espouse, like we just had the July 4th in this. Oh, that was me, sorry. Where you could, where you could espouse the July 4th tenants mm -hmm. at the same time all of those men had slaves and things of that nature, right? And then they said George Washington chased his wife's slave across the country, something crazy like that, right? So you know these, these historical things. So you could see you have a person who seems like they're very this pattern, you know, but meanwhile, they have cognitive dissonance in their mm -hmm. head because mm -hmm. they don't think of you the same as they think of their wife. And they don't think of their wife the same as they think of, of another man. So it's, right. it's this hierarchy that was, it's just like prison. People have totally accepted putting other humans into cages, locking up humans for 30, 40 life. Yeah. They've totally accepted strapping someone into an electric chair, putting something on them and running current through them, decapitating them, putting poison in them. And they say, this is justice, but it's just us. But don't let my eggs come from a chicken that was caged. Wow. Boom. Boom. I agree. Yeah, I mean, wow. So I don't think we have to get into their mind. We can yeah. look at their actions. Right. And then say, is this believable for anyone? You know, mm -hmm. we draw it in a way that's believable. Mm -hmm. And does it further my story where we can continue with that character, you know, development? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, where do you let me see um let me ask you a question can i ask you a question yeah go ahead what made you choose romance as your primary um 
I think because I'm very, I'm a hopeless romantic. I think <laughs> I always, and, and to be quite honest, I don't read a lot of romance novels, but I always, I've always written like poetry whenever I had a crush or, or whatnot. And so when, um, uh, when, um, when I moved from Boston to Maryland um, four years ago, I started writing this story, The Violet Rose, um, as a tribute to Prince, which is my favorite musical artist. And he's mine too. Is he really? I, I, I love Prince. Oh, my name. <laughs> one of my favorite tracks. That's one of my favorite. What's your favorite track? Well, I probably Doves Cry and okay. also I'm trying to think it's a duet. I'm trying to think of the name. With who? With Rosie. Oh, so Graffiti Bridge era? No, no nothing compares to you. Okay. Nothing compares okay. to okay. you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, now. And yours is? If I was your girlfriend, it's probably my all-time favorite because I always go back to that song and play it whenever I want to listen to Prince. That's the first song that I play. And then I'll play at least three songs off of the the um the 1999 album. Yeah. And then I'll go to the 4U album. There's two or three tracks on that one that I love. And then I'll come up to the the to the more recent stuff. I had something on the radio the other day that I know was his work. I know it was his work. So I don't know what mm -hmm. they're doing with his estate. But it's, man, uh, it's a, like, I, it's a mixed bag for me because on the one hand, I'm happy that his stuff is still getting out there and people are getting to experience, but I don't like the way it's coming out because I know that he would not be happy with it. If Thank he, you. If he yeah. wanted it out, it'd been out. Exactly. If it's I, not out, then all we have is all we get. Exactly. And that's kind of how I feel. Like, I don't like that a lot of the stuff that he's, that they're doing, but that's just me. It is, you know, it's out of our hands. Yeah. And I keep my Early on, they, they put one of his, his tracks to like a, a credit card commercial or something yes, like that. Yes, you see they, that. They, they shut it down. Yep. Capital One, I think it was. And they took it down because, and I think it was Purple Rain. It might've been Purple Rain on one of those tracks off the Purple Rain album. Snatched it right down. Um, Sounds like he would never. Exactly. He ever. would even, I, and, and I look, JC, I'm a, I, I'm a trained makeup artist. You know, I got my little certificate. <laughs> and I love makeup and I was not happy when um one of the major uh makeup companies I think it was um I can't think of the name of it but one of the major makeup companies put out a line of makeup um with his likeness and one of the girls that was close to him right before he passed that was the model was doing the modeling for it and i was so upset one of my family members was like oh you, are you gonna get the makeup i said no no, no support in that nope because no he wouldn't be he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have approved of that if he was still here no i will not wear and it. i think that that that's the attitude i take with everything is that mm -hmm. there are things that are african afrocentric 
that are ours that we don't know ours and it's been taken right and it's been fed back to us and we don't know right that's what's happened it's like buying kit cloth that you know department store right and and you know and I, I don't know how you feel about this but and i'm a, I, I would love to get your tape because this was one of the things that was very important to me when I began writing is making sure that I, I maintain ownership of my work. And that's one of the reasons why I self-published and other reasons because no traditional publisher was willing to, you know, put out my work. So I had to do it myself. But I, I always looked at Prince as a model in terms of making sure that you have ownership. And I remember him, you know, even though he had to fight like tooth and nails all these years, all those years with Warner Brothers and other, mm -hmm. you know, for the rights of his work. That was something that kept coming back in my mind when I put out the Violet Roses, man, on your stuff, on your stuff, you know, and even with all the other books. How does, how do you feel about that? And I know, and I'm, you know, and I wanted you to talk a little bit about being a literary activist because I think that that also plays into this too, to that conversation. And I want the listeners to understand what it means to us as authors to maintain that ownership of our creativity and the, what we produce because so often, you know, I think the traditional publishers might put the money into your face or the, the opportunities in your face, but people lose themselves in that because they become slaves to that, you know, to that, that publisher. It definitely influences you. But I think one of the things, if I'm not mistaken, that Prince said was, you know, don't sign with them. Mm -hmm. Don't sign with them. If you have to sign with anyone, you know, sign with someone else mm -hmm. who looks like you. And I, I agree. I think part of the challenge that's happening in the right now is there are a lot more self-published I believe than there are traditionally published people. That's true. I think it's also why are you writing? Right. If you're writing you want that to be your primary source of income then you might have to go the traditional route because right. they have deeper pockets, they have the distribution channels. I believe that will change and I think we can change that. Mm -hmm. Black women like to read. Black women support the whole industry. Right. The question to me isn't so much, are you published traditionally? Or are you published, self-published, or one of those hybrids? But are you able to get people to read your work? Because, even, because if I like your book, like this is a book I picked up on my bookshelf. My friend, Stephanie, has a whole series extraordinary African-American women, right? Mm. She has a publishing company. She publishes it. If you like this book, are you looking to see the spine who published it? If I say, oh my God, why you have to read this book? You don't say, well, did Simon Schuster publish it? I ain't reading it otherwise. No one does that. Right, right. So it's, are you putting out a good quality product? Right. Right. This one, was more traditionally published. Mm -hmm. I met him. I was telling him I met Remy mm -hmm. in the airport, right? Yes, and yes. I thought he was, I thought he was Jermaine Briggs. You know, it was just, <laughs> you know, just, you know just, just randomly picking up men in the airport. <laughs> and um, 
And it doesn't matter if, if I say his book is good, it doesn't matter who did it. You can't tell both of these are hardcover, you know. Right. And I mean, this is a publishing house, so it's not mm -hmm. that right. stuff, stuff isn't published, but I mean, in terms of it being one of the old, you know, yeah, back wonder, yeah, the big publishing. So I think that in terms of your your controlling, yeah, I want to be able to control what I write, what my thoughts are what my attitudes are. I don't want to have to go along with what everyone is saying. Mm -hmm. Everyone's saying green people, you better not talk bad about green people or three-headed people. You, I better not see you saying anything about them. Then you, now, if you really don't like green people, if you can't take looking at those three heads, mm -hmm. you are now censored, self-censored. Right. Right. Because they're saying they don't want to do that. Or they're saying they're only going to publish the three-headed green people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it's no longer it's kind of morphing over to my activism. It's no longer the social point that you're trying to make. They want, you know, they, you know, a very generic they want to kind of say, this is what we're talking about. This is what's important to everyone. Right. Right. And they constantly, you know, what's important to us today? We'll turn on the news. They're going to tell you. Open right. the newspaper, they'll tell you. No, what's important to you? Right. A different voice. What's important to your ethnic group or your gender or, or the children? It's what they say. So if they say vaccines are good, you better say it. Mm. If they say it's bad, you better say it's bad. They say the kids should have it. You better say the kids have it. You better not say anything because they'll shut you down. It's a gang. There's right. no longer any diversity in thought. It's a gang. Right. And if he's saying something that I disagree, first of all, we're all supposed to be the same. So if he says something I don't agree with, then we're supposed to squash him and either he's going to conform and be the same or we're going to mute him and censor him where he may as well does not exist. Yes, right. You see, and that's not what, what we need. So they'll take the most extreme case and they'll say, this is why you shouldn't have these types of freedoms. Right. I, you know, and to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, I, re, I, you know, recently, I think either, it might've been last year, I finally felt like, oh, well, let me submit one of my books to, uh, to one of the the published, you know, the romance publishing companies. And I submitted it and they told me that, oh, it's a great story, but this is what our listeners, our readers are reading. That's what I'm saying. And this is what we want you to write like. And we don't like the fact that your 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 characters were in other relationships and they found love together. I mean in, in each other. We want them to have a love at first sight kind of thing. Formula. Yeah, and I was that's not that's not me. Don't that's, do it. Don't do it. Right. Because whenever you look at a, 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 a story that becomes very successful, it's usually different. You're right. That's what they told them not to do. You do. Right. But they right. did anyway. Right. Right. You do you and have the faith and courage to continue to do you. Right. And work on marketing and work on some other things. 
but you do you don't let because because then you become a slave and right. you, you're gonna have to write that on your your cheek too. exactly i have to be just like that and you know and one of the things that i and i always say this and i don't care if i have maybe one or two people reading my book every person that's you know that i've been fortunate enough to have read my books have said that they love my books because of the uniqueness because it's not like every other romance novel that they've written that that's been written or that they've read and then they feel like my characters are relatable one one lady said oh my god I feel like I know these people or you know and I and I always try to write from a place that you know feels like how I view love you know I always like to see the goodness in relationships, even though there are ups and downs in the relationship, I'm going to tell you about it. These people, like when I write about my characters, they may be successful. I always write about, you know, African-Americans that are successful, that they've gone to HBCUs. I, you know, I love doing that. I love talking about some of the the, the companies that I buy Black, I mean, we talked about Black businesses, supporting Black businesses. I always write about the Black businesses that I support in my books because as a way to give people an opportunity to find out about these companies, you know, I've had people say, you know, you talked about this candle. Is that true? Is that real? Yes. You can actually go buy that candle. And so that's what I like to do. And I, and I, I love showing that, you know, although finding love and being in love and having romance can be messy at times, and these people can maybe super professional, super successful. They come with some drama and some mess and it does get messy in there. But on the other side, you can find love. And I want to tell those stories the way I see them. I know friends who've been through stuff, even though I don't write about my friends, but you know, you see people that go through things in life. And it's not some cookie cutter, I'm married, I'm, uh, I'm dating a billionaire. And we saw each other and we fell in love because I saw him come across the street. He walked across the street and I fell in fast in love with him. It's not like that. And I don't write like that. And I love when people say, thank you for that, because I felt like I was right in the middle of their relationship, seeing what was going on. I agree. I think that what, what sums it up is this woman I know is an excellent speaker. She said that she's a businesswoman. She said she was on a board of directors with primarily white males, Caucasian mm-hmm. males. And she told them, did you ask me to be on this board to give you back your point of view? Or did you ask me to board to give you my point of view? Mm. Are you just looking to everyone to be in agreement with whatever you are already planning? Or are you really looking for a different perspective? Right. So some of these companies, in this case, the publishing company that's romance, the, the romance genre, they already know what they want. They don't really want anything. Right. Right. And if they don't look like you, if they don't have any sensibilities or if they, they could look like you, but be totally, you know, off from what we experience day to day. Yeah then you will not get what you want. Even if they sign you, you will not find happiness because they'll constantly be trying to nudge you 
push you, corral you back to that to that that genre uh, trope. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Like uh, one of the things I, I I don't like writing about is um what they call like hood hood romance stories. Because you're black, aren't yeah. you supposed to have some hood? Oh, yeah, that's what they think, and that's not true. That's not true. That's not they. That's not what they think. That's what they want. So exactly. That well, yeah, that's what they, they, they know that people aren't like that generally. Right. Right. But they want to find the lowest form when it comes to you and I. Oh. Right. Not looking. See what you just said is the type of things I write. Mm-hmm. What you just said, making sure you have a good family, strong black people, educated black people, you know, showcasing our best in terms yes. of education and, 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 and sciences and whatever. Yes. That is not what they're about. You can look at the television and see that. Exactly. They want you to be a gangster. They want every, so when so when they shoot the kids dead in the street, mm-hmm. people's mind will always go to what did they do to deserve? Right. Not right. the horror of it. The first thing right. we want to know is what did he do? Right. Right. And they don't see us. They okay. don't see us as. And we and we feed into that as authors, as screenwriters, and sometimes as consumers mm-hmm. when we continue to allow that. And we might complain about it yes. to each other, but we're still consuming it. We still consume it. And then we, in a sense, promoting and embracing i think about some of these tv shows that's on right now and it's like it's celebrated you know turn it off you've got to turn, turn it off. off right you've got to right. turn it up and, and that's the only thing you can do is turn it off right and what right. we have to do is we have to begin to figure out how to get like your books and my book mm-hmm. some of these other we were discussing whether they are traditionally published or not, doesn't necessarily mean they're getting pushed the way they should. But right. how to showcase these Black authors who are writing more robustly. Right. And there's some really, really great work out here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at your, your work, your body of work, Lynn High's body of work, you know, and I mean, if it had not been, and I have to give a shout out to the Black Writers Collective, because if it yes. wasn't for the collective, I would not have met you two. I would not have met any of the, the other authors that's within that group. And it's a phenomenal, you know, group of individuals who are doing amazing things. And I am just so blessed and grateful that I don't even know how I stumbled upon it that particular day. It was a Saturday and I, I don't know what I was doing, but I, I stumbled upon it and I couldn't get in when I initially tried to get in because it was like well you have to have a membership and I I was like forget it I'm just gonna buy a membership because I need to connect with people and I want to connect with people to look like me and and when I did I was like oh my god this is amazing it's wonderful yes Tia has done a great job yes she has a shout out to yes Carol Holland for her work this is yes. one of her books, The Bliss of the Great, as you can yes. see here, right? That's amazing. That's an amazing. And White Minority is another one. So we have we have a lot of, of our books here, mm-hmm. you know, from the collective 
Yes. That I wanted to kind of shout out. And what I do is I buy everybody's book. I buy everybody's book too. I'm going to buy it to support mm -hmm. you and have it there for when we slow down a tick. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you sharing their work because I need to I need to add to my collection. But while we're talking about books, I just want to, you know, since you're here, you know, we have a celebrated author here. I mean, she's done some amazing things. I mean, she's received the Afro-American Historical Genealogical Society International Book Award. I mean, come on now. That ain't nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> Let's just give Miss Miss uh Miss JC Moore, her props where it's due because I mean <laughs> you've done some things too. And one of the things that I'm just proud of and just so happy to, to have you here for is because she's written these two amazing, amazing children's books, everybody. Please, if you have children, please go out and get these books because I bought them and my eight-year-old son and my seven, six-month-old, we read them during story time and they love these books. And we shared a moment before the, the podcast started. And I mean, it's a beautiful message within a message, um, especially with I Am Crocodile. Um, I, I was just telling JC before the, the podcast started is that, you know, I was, I've been going through some things recently and I just happened to read over the story again, just so I was fresh for the, the, this, this discussion today. And the note to the reader at the end is what, I mean, like, I was just like, you got to know yourself. That was a, the message that I got. And you spoke about it a little bit today, just in, in talking about everything that you, you, you know, you've been speaking of is knowing who you are, knowing yourself, knowing oneself, because when you don't know who you are, you can be easily influenced by outside forces, whether the negative or positive, but typically, typically the negative forces is what usually grasp you if you don't know who you are. And I want to make sure that when I raise my boys, that I raise them to be strong Black men who know who they are, know their self-worth, know that they are powerful, that they are strong, that they are fierce. And that, that, those two words that came across as soon as it, you ended it was, you are strong, you are fierce and strong. I was like, yes, I am. I am. Yes, I am fierce. Yes, I am yes, strong. I yes, am powerful. Yes, and then you said, stay focused on your goals and you will reach past your circumstances to achieve the excellence that is your birthright. And I was like, yes, I needed to hear that. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I needed to hear that. And I just want to bring my son back because you was going to say some other stuff to him. Um, before we ended, I mean, before we got started, and I wanted to bring him back on because uh, this is Morgan, everybody. Hi, Morgan. <laughs> Hi, again. <laughs> and um, we are just so delighted and blessed by your work. These two books, for sure. I got to get the other stuff, but I wanted to start with those because I got the two little ones. And yeah, I just want well, to. I, I loved. I love the story. This one, it was, it was illustrated by Scott. And I always had a hard time pronouncing his, his last name. And he is an African artist. And he's still doing a lot of work. He doesn't do books generally. Mm -hmm. He does art, art. Wow. Art in the gallery. Wow. And I was very blessed to have met him and for him to have done this for me. And the artwork is it's amazing. phenomenal. It's mm -hmm. phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And then Tamika, she's the one who did the layout. 
and she's an artist as well. She did the layout and she's doing some work right now for Senator Warnock. Is yes. Name correct this time. <laughs> she's illustrating. It's like a children's version of his life. Oh, she, nice. So he's the author, I believe. I don't know if he has a ghost or not, but he's the author. Mm -hmm. And she did the illustrations and it's excellent. Also, before I forget, not related to this, but my good friend, Tanya Grant, also did Kamala Harris, but that was through National Geographic. So just oh, wow. shout out to them. And that's for children as well. Okay. So those are for children. But Scott did a phenomenal job. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, Tamika laid it out. The reason I created this book was a friend of mine at the time. She and her son were in a park in Texas, when I lived in Texas, and there were alligators there. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about, they didn't realize the danger they were in. Right. I right. did research on alligators just because I wanted them to be afraid. Oh. I want you to be afraid. Do not go back. They look like they're all slow and sleepy. And they can run and run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was the start. But I then I wanted to build it on the old African tale. I believe it's the chicken and the hawk or something like that. But it's an old African folk tale. And that's what I built it saying. I love it. The, we, because the crocodile is bigger mm -hmm. than the alligator. And the mm -hmm. crocodile is African. Mm -hmm. Not all, but the one I wrote about. And what if it was taken from Africa like mm -hmm. we were and brought to America? I, oh, wow. Wow. Right? That, that's the story. So we... As, as people taken from our land and brought there. Now you're told you're nothing but a puny alligator. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're nothing but a little small, tiny thing. And even when you grow and you're big and you're fierce, you your see. mind is still thinking that, that lie. Right. And so what happens? Well, when the parrot coming back from what your homeland mm -hmm. comes on the scene, will remind you of who you are. Sometimes you have to have something remind you of who you are. Wow. You see? And once you find out who you are, your enemy will then beg you for mercy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not you give it is up to you, but just be careful because if they tricked you once, they might trick you again. Mm-hmm. So, for example, this scene, and, and Morgan read it so well, I would like him to read, if he will, the, where it says, don't hurt me, crocodile. Okay. That towards the back. Uh -huh. Morgan did an excellent job. Just All, right. All right, Morgan, you're on. Now, this is for everybody out there in, in, in the land. Here we go. You got to read it. Read it with, int with intention and, and confidence, okay? Don't hurt me, Mr. Crocodile. Don't stop me. Don't stop me, I beg you. Be kind to this old alligator. It is the right thing to do. I'll help you escape from the pen. Hunter, I will be coming for you for your hide. And you need me, Mr. Crocodile, to get to on the other side. Escape. I'll I will sit. Hard head. Said hard head. Said hard head with a newfound strength of strength of pride. Your help 
will not need when I am crocodile. All right. <laughs> Very good. Very good. How about that? So, you know, the, the story is, you know, he's still, the, the, the alligator is still trying to trick him, saying, you need me. Mm -hmm. You need my help. And we're told that all the time as, as, as Black. Right. So we, we still need, you know, we still need some help. Mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. the outside we need whatever and don't get me wrong i'm not anti-reparations or any of that right I'm not saying that but that's always the narrative to keep you engaged with things mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. and how can you escape if you're still engaged yeah things yeah. so you did an excellent job reading that and i thank you so much for mm -hmm. doing a, a wonderful job he was so excited, you know, when I said that I was going to have you on. And he's like, Mom, can I sit, sit in on your conversation? I would just want to tell her that because I've never met an author that's written a real book before. I'm like, okay, yeah. Well, you, you're going to love the Light Bear in the Darkness series when it comes out. It's, it's for a little bit of an older mm -hmm. child, but I think your mom can read it to you. Yeah. Or hopefully I'll get the audio book version out. Mm -hmm. You will like it because the main protagonist in book one is seven and eight years old. Oh, wow. And he loves chapter books too. So, so you'll really enjoy this. And yeah. he's a, a prince. He's a young prince. Oh, nice. And he's in a, a mythical city called Lebuta in West Africa, where Senegal would mm -hmm. be. And he's taken, not as a slave, but as a kidnapped, a kidnapped victim mm -hmm. from his homeland. And it ends when he's on the um, boat going supposedly to, um, to another place. So I won't, won't give spoil it. Spoiler, I almost did, I to get excited. But I think you'll like it. I did. Some, of the words, some of the words might be, you know, high yeah. for you, but that's okay. That's okay, you'll get the intent. How do you come up with the ideas for these stories? Like they're so, they're amazing, like powerful and unique. And, you know, like I love I Am Crocodile, like you, like there's, it's informative too. It's not just a story, but there is good information about, you know, that both of these animals in this book as well too. Like how- Yes, how I, I wanted to put that in there and, and have a little bit of an activity because mm -hmm. sometimes with children, we're told we're telling them not to write in the books. You know? Yeah. So give them an opportunity, particularly the "Oh, could you imagine?" book. I have yeah. like, the, the, the activities at the back. Mm -hmm. back. You know, but here just to have some fun facts, just so that it's not just a story. Right. We're always learning because whether we realize it or not, we're learning. Yes. We're learning yeah. good things or bad things and, and behaviors or whatever. We're always learning even if it doesn't say textbook. Right, right. And there's sponges at this age too. So, I mean, exactly. I'm, he, he, I mean, he recalls all kinds of stuff. And he was like, mom, I really like this part of the book. I like this story because I loved at the end when uh, the crocodile starts talking and it's almost as if you, it, like you brought it home because I won't tell the story, but you bring it home at the end. And I, I love that. I was like, oh my God. Surprise at the end. That is good. God is good. <laughs> I have a wild imagination. My sister, who I write with sometimes, 
Mm-hmm. She, she says, I basically have one story that I just tell in different ways. <laughs> when I say, what about this? It's just say, that's the same story. And I just tell it in a different way. <laughs> it's like what I was telling you about Lady Doll. And as I was explaining to you, I said, you know what? That That's also like barbecue. Yeah. But, you know. How long, have, when did you start writing or have you always writ, been writing since you were young or? I think I, I always wrote when I was, I always wrote, but I think for a long time, I didn't write where it was for others. Mm-hmm. You know, similar to what you said, you might write a poem, you're unhappy or you're, mm-hmm. or you're very happy or different things like that. Stories for school. And I realized that some of the stories I would write Today, I'm sure they would usher me off to some sort of therapy or strap me down and give me whatever drug. <laughs> yes, yeah. Because they don't believe you could have an imagination and it's not indicative of trouble at home. Or mm. just, you have a wild mind. Right, know? right, right. So I would write some things that today would be considered horror. Mm. You know? Um, Almost the way you was describing Lady Doll, it reminded me of like a Jordan Peele type story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it it is actually. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm not finished with him yet. Mm-hmm. He's going to go through some things, but the trick is, and I haven't, I didn't structure it out. We were talking on our meeting today about using a program. Do you use a structuring program? Uh, I usually do uh, a mind map and then I use Scrapple, Scapple, Scapple whenever I actually, in the snowflake method, when I start going through okay. or whatever. To, to, you know, I was, they, were, they were teasing me because I went through this whole, I took up too much time on this program that doesn't even, that you can't even get anymore. It's on my old EMAC. What is it called? My old pro. It's called Power Structure. Oh, and because the Mac kept changing the operating systems and mm-hmm. updating or whatever, they stopped supporting it. So then someone bought it and put it online. Mm. And so it wasn't as good because it couldn't export to Final Draft. It couldn't export to, you know, the different programs you might use. And then they said that the program was in the Ukraine. And when the trouble started, he just shut it down. Oh, man. I was very disappointed because I'm, I'm certainly a person who likes to structure so I found a similar program and it's called Story Story Planner or something like that in the app stores. It's oh, not- I have that. And it's got the little, it's like a little tra- yeah. train. Yeah. Yes, I have that too. <laughs> I use that too. See, and um, it can export. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually using that one for my fourth book right now. That is what a- Do you have a title or a working title? Uh, The working title is Love Dazzles in Sapphire. Excellent. Um, So oh, I'm-, I'm, uh, I'm I got to get back to it, but since having a baby is when I, you know, kind of, sure. you know, have a lot, I have not had the time really, but um, I'm already, what, nine chapters, eight or nine chapters oh, in, yeah. and um, it's a period piece, and it's um, taking place in the 70s, right as the Vietnam War has ended, okay. and um, it's actually the love story of the parents of one of my previous characters from Perfect Chemistry. Mm-hmm. So it's this, this their love, it's uh, the love interest from Perfect Chemistry, his parents' love story. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about, you know, um, he's the, the father deals with a little bit of like PTSD from, which they didn't, you know, that they really didn't have a name for it back then, I don't think. 
um, dealing with the, the after effects of coming back from the war and, you know, not being received well, you know, in terms of being a black man coming back from the war, you fought for your country and now um, you, you know, you coming back into a crazy, you know, like racism yeah. and everything. And, and they came back with Agent Orange and they didn't yeah. admit to that. And they came back because they put them on those drugs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. you're now you're a criminal. Yeah. You know, all those other things. So yes, that's a yeah. that's a great backdrop. Yeah. And um I'm using um they meet in college. I'm writing about Howard. So they're going to school at Howard. Mm-hmm. And um Oh, and I'm dealing with some mental illness type stuff, uh, mm. like some, 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 you know, drama, I mean, not drama, but, um, you know, and I want to say in the Black family at times or how uh, your weight can be and get called out as an issue at times. Yes, and, yes, yes. Uh, I'm dealing with that in here. I'm dealing with um, just a lot of different things I feel like that are side, you know, side stories to their subplots, like a subplot. Yeah, subplots to their their story. But um, but it's things that I really think that's important to talk about because we don't, I mean it gives it an opportunity and gives it light to be to, to, to in life to breathe to be able to talk about it, you know? And I'm really excited. It and sounds look- great though. And I think that it's it's important because you know you know, there's still wars going on and, mm-hmm. and still coming back mm-hmm. with um, stress syndromes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as we were talking earlier in this session about Dr. Joy's work on post-traumatic slave syndrome. Mm-hmm. So we always have to say any any post-traumatic stress syndrome is, is on top of our slave syndrome. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And then the, the, the regular and that's going on that no one seems to well, and then and it's no one seems to want to acknowledge it when it comes to us you know exactly. and uh, i'm really excited i do i will that say great, though. That's, thank that's you good. one of the things that i'm really proud of like i always love when i have like a connection to my stories mm-hmm. and this one this particular one okay so i don't know if you remember um the song love by donnie hathaway Sing a little bit. Oh, I can't sing it, but I can play it. I can play it. <laughs> um, but so I'll play a little bit of it because I just I, I I don't know. I like I have a whole playlist that I made um for I do it for each one of my books, but I did it for this one for, for sure. And it's nothing but like songs from back from the 60s, the 70s, and you know, uh, some 50s store up stuff. And so I, like, I, I felt love and I was just like, oh my gosh, I love this song. And it is, oh, you, let me play it. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get it for you. Where is it? But anyway, I, I, I started it. I, I, I wrote to that song and I just love when I have like these moments when I fall in love with the characters. Like I literally could see them falling in love. 
and um it just I literally bawled crying right in that I mean oh. right in that part um how does it go I I, I feel like I, I'm not finding the right song it's called love though but anyway it goes I don't want to mess up the song because you know don't don't forget you <laughs> love 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 got the best of me me the, the, the. Oh, you got me on my come on I can't <laughs> love 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 Something, something. I can't think of the words, the word, the name. That's okay, of the because you know we, we never know the words, so that yeah. sounds good to me. <laughs> oh, that's a very beautiful. Voice. If I played, I know it, but I can't think of it. Oh my God! Let me tell you something. You have a beautiful voice. Thank beautiful you. Voice. Thank you. And I have not yet met anybody who looked like me <laughs> of either gender who knows the words to anything. <laughs> Oh, you, oh my god oh, okay. y'all don't know the words <laughs> oh my gosh I, and I that love is, that song that is too funny but <laughs> I love it there's another uh, woman who, who joins us on Sundays she mm -hmm. writes romance or mm -hmm. this romance I would I would categorize as such and she also uses songs so it's interesting I wonder if it's related to the romance and yeah. songs kind of go hand in hand it does like i like when i did uh the violet rose i have uh, nothing but a full playlist of print songs that i did for that one and then i also created music because i felt like okay well the the guy the main character the guy is a musician and i'm yeah. talking about him producing you know an album the entire length of the book I was, he should have music so I created music to go along with it. So I have a, a companion CD of music that are uh, tracks that I created to go along with excellent. that book. That is yeah. excellent. Yeah, that is excellent. I only knew one other person who did that was for children's, and they had a a companion mm -hmm. um, CD. Yeah, and, and I was just like, oh. Was and then I did, and then I was like, I, after I did, I was like, oh, well, the Purple Charm experience is an experience. Let me do a whole track a bunch of tracks for that and i have tracks for the experience you know just for i heard it you played it at the beginning mm -hmm. yeah, i heard it and see that's what i'm saying is that when you let me just back up and say something that's probably not acceptable to some people but when you look at people of color particularly you know the darker melanated people mm -hmm. so much creativity there's so much just off the chart wisdom yeah that when you now want to sell it or give it to someone who's less than that they can't handle it and so they're going to make it it's kind of like do you give your baby i'm trying to think of something like a, a big piece of fish with the bones mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the baby can't handle that right so be careful you know i mean biblically they say don't cast your pearl before a swine right mm -hmm. if you will you know, be careful of what, what we take it as though that they are the ones who are, are determining what's great right as opposed to they can't handle what's great right they can't handle the depth of your diversity and your 
that you are writing not just a story, but music and lyrics and all this other stuff. And they're saying, well, we can't you do a formula? Look at the difference there. Look right. at the vastness of what you what you can do, what you're able to do, what you are right. doing. As to the narrow, they're saying, we could only handle this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you look at your pyramids, Peru and Marquette, or the Sphinx, as they call it back there. Right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Where did you see that? Where does that exist? Is that in England? No. No. Is that in Ireland? No. Is that in France or Italy? No. Okay, then. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before I forget, I have to give a shout out to Papa. Papa, Dr. Audie Williams, he wrote a book and I did a podcast that I have not released. That's on me because I made an error. But the book is unbelievable. That's the name of it. The Life Journey of Art Williams, Baseball's First Black National Empire. Wow. Unbelievable. And I have the book. Unfortunately, I, I wasn't able to put my hands on it very quickly. But the book is unbelievable. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get I really that. want people to, to pay attention to that. And I got a message from um, Maria that they are going to be having events. And I wanted to share them with your audience in case yeah. they're not able to do it at the African American culture of Long Beach. That's in California. California. Mm -hmm. it's, the other, it's the other side, but I don't know how far your audience reaches. So please reach out to Art Williams and the upcoming event is going to be at the African American Cultural Center of Long Beach. So that's July 21st, 5 to 8 p.m. I can put that in my in the show notes as well so people can get a hold of that. That's exactly. awesome. So I will send that to you. Thank you. So this is the, I think this is the way that we get our work out there, sharing, you know, selflessly across with our own work and others' work to get it out there and to get our own synergy because we have enough. I agree. Who are interested in our work as it is. Mm -hmm. I completely agree because- and Morgan was a delight. <laughs> That was such an unexpected boost oh, just to, a, help, to help me get back to doing what I know I'm supposed to be doing. Right. right. Um, the, the picture book, it actually, it tested well with little kids. They love that. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where the artist is. It was his brother who I met on the street in Houston. I wow. saw him waiting for a young brother waiting for the bus. And he had one of those portfolio, those big black things. And so I pull over because I'm not always as shy as I should be. Hey, are you an artist? <laughs> I need someone to illustrate my books. And so that's how I met Tony. And he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, he did. He really did. You know, um, hopefully one day I, I have a story I started that was based on Morgan and his two of my other cousins' children um, that I started when Morgan was a baby because they were all around the same, they're all around the same age. And um, they were born 
2012 and 13. And so I started writing this little story, children's story way back then. And I always wonder if I could find someone to illustrate. Well, Morgan starts is drawing now. He draws. And I think I'm going to allow him to do the illustration for that book when, when I get a chance and get it finished. Because, you know, one of the things that I love about me being passionate about writing and him seeing me do write is that he now has started doing his own, he'll do his own little books. He, I went in his room one day and I buy him, we buy him tons of like notebooks and stuff for him to, for him to draw. But he had created his own uh, um, comic book mm-hmm. and started drawing and writing out the story. Mm-hmm. And he, story by Morgan Fleming, illustrated by Morgan Fleming. That's right. I love that, you know, not only is he seeing other authors, um, seeing me as an author, but seeing other authors like you, and he has seen me interview Lynn Hyde and uh, another author, another romance author that I interviewed a couple years ago, and, uh, and a poet that I interviewed a couple years ago, and is seeing people of color and knowing that he can do this too. He's empowered. He's like, mom. Um, can you take a look at my book, (laughs) you know, and I love that. And I just appreciate you, you know, embracing him when, um, he came on because he was really excited to be, I was excited (laughs) and (laughs) I'm telling you, we are just delighted, um, with these books. And I, like, if I can, if I'm, if it wouldn't be too much for me to say, I just want to say, I love you. And I thank you because, you know, it means the world to me to, to connect with other authors because especially ones that look like me. And, you know, I never thought that I would have this opportunity to, you know, I would, I would write all my, you know, just write in journals, constantly writing in journals, but I never would have thought that I would be in a place where I could self-publish my own stuff and then go so far as to meet other authors. You're in Atlanta. Lynn is out in California, you know, uh, I've met one, uh, a few, um, the two that, the other authors that I've connected with, one is in Pennsylvania, the other one's in Delaware, and then you're all over the place. I've talked to Tia, like, it's just amazing. What- it's amazing what's <laughs> happened with the horrors of the pandemic, mm-hmm. our trying to continue to operate and to elevate. We, we all learned Zoom and Teams yes. and, and these other things that allowed us to say, hey, we're no longer just dealing with wherever we are locally right. and expanded. I mean, when I do my, my monthly meetings, sometimes I have people in England. Yeah. Africa. Awesome. And they'll, they'll chime in. Now, usually they don't come back because mm-hmm. they have to stay up, you know, it's two in the morning or something <laughs> crazy like that. But just the fact that they have come. Right. Right. Even the once. Right. Made a difference on me and, and made a, a change in how I think about us. Right. But they're telling me not what I could read in the London time, what's really going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, just like what's going on in Baltimore. You could tell me what's really going on, going on. not right. just what I'm reading. And it makes a huge difference how we are coming together and how we are supporting. But I want to backtrack and talk about Morgan just one more second. Yeah. That you are empowering him to know that who says you have to be 20 
to write a book or whatever age? Who says that you have to be whatever age to illustrate a book? Who said that? So if they'll say you have to be 20 to become a concert pianist, well, what about their Mozart? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or their Beethoven? Mm -hmm. Who says that? So we're constantly, you know, we don't even know it that we are forcing people to be dumbed down, right. if I might steal that phrase. Right, right. Because they say, you can't possibly do that. See, so I, I can't, you know, like I had a friend, she had me, this was years and years ago. She had me watching her kids and little, um, little Kiki, was it Kiki? Yeah, Kiki, little Kiki, they bought him a whole little new bedroom suit to look like a racing car and mm -hmm. all that. So, so, so they were gone. And so I had Kiki hanging up his clothes. Uh -huh. So when she came back, she said, Kiki's hanging his clothes. I didn't know he could do that. I said, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. You ain't got to be able to talk to hang up your clothes. That's right. You do everything else. That's so right. sometimes we, we say you can't do it. And so we kind of conform to, oh, I'm not supposed to be able to publish my book. Mm -hmm. I can't copyright my book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't copyright my song. Huh? Mm -hmm. my music I can't write a soundtrack to go along with it I can't write my own screenplay to go along with my book I have to wait for Hollywood to give it an amen nope you see so that 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 system has been in place for music for for television for movies and every other aspect of our existence, that's just entertainment. That mm. we forget that you don't have to. Do you have to play for the Knicks or the Nets? Can it be something else? Right. right. Let's imagine, for Morgan's sake, yeah. let's imagine. I love it, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. And I love you. I appreciate this conversation. You guys, I, you know, yeah. as we wrap up, I just wanna thank you again for coming on. Um, your words of wisdom have, I mean, just completely blessed this, this audience and this podcast. I mean, it's been amazing just to talk to you. I want to, you know, continue to connect with you because I, I just feel like there's so much I can learn and grow, you know, through having a, you know, continued conversations and relationship with you. And, and likewise. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, we can grow as a you know society if more of us thought and supported you know authors like us um, because there's just so much that we have to offer you know and I just thank you for sharing just a little bit of your time and your day with us and you know speaking with my baby because you know it's just Morgan's the bomb yeah and it's I amazing the opportunity to yeah. come on your show it's a beautiful Absolutely. show and thank to you. share with you and to learn more about you and how you came to be where you are. It's wonderful. The books are great. Thank and you know, Purple Rain, Purple Rain. Yes. yes. <laughs> now guys, before we go, I just want um, JC, please share your information with the audience so they can pick up your books and where they can find you and, and all that good stuff. Yes, you can find me online, on Twitter, as well as Instagram, JC Moore author. You can also be on my own, which is jcmore.net. Mm -hmm. And the publishing company is kenpublishers.com. My books are available on Amazon. 
and my podcast is available on Apple. Thank you. Awesome. Well, guys, plug. Thank you for allowing me to plug all of my friends and my other writers that are out there doing it. So thank you so much. Absolutely, guys. So now you have to come on my show. Absolutely. I'm ready. You just let me know. Just let me know. I'm coming. All Uh, right. (laughs) Guys, uh, you'll be able to find this this episode and we could drop in soon. You can find it um, on all of the streaming platforms um, when it's released, as well as be able to watch the video on YouTube. So stay tuned. I will be releasing this soon. And I thank you guys for joining us for the the Ask the Opera segment of the, the podcast. This has been amazing. And um, as always, I'll be dropping another episode soon. Stay tuned. And I love you for joining me. Thank you again. Peace. Peace. Hi, guys. I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Purple Charm Experience. I hope you enjoyed it. But in the meantime, in between time, I hope that you will also take a moment to check out my website www.creativecalfrey.com where you can find more information about me, my books, my merchandise, and more. Also, while you're there, I hope you, you will sign up for my newsletter by subscribing. If you also want to receive exclusive content and merchandise that pertains to this podcast, please sign up for my Patreon page by becoming a member. And finally, If you really enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider sharing with your friends and family. I appreciate it and they deserve to get this great information too. So until we meet again, I'll see you next time. Bye.